hello and welcome back to the debrief hosted by British Rowing in association with Junior Rowing News. My name is Tom Morgan, colleague of the much revered Fergus Mainland, who you will have seen before appear on these types of programmes. Delighted to be joined here for our wrap up of the National Schools Regatta by Richard Sinnett, Director of Rowing at Warrington Youth Rowing, Joe Brown, Assistant Coach at King's College Wimbledon and National Schools Regatta commentator and Sam Mayer, former GB junior athlete and now GB senior and fresh from his exploits at World Cup 2. Thanks all three of you for joining. And the purpose of today, of course, is to cover what was the first major event back for many juniors. For some, the first side-by-side -side racing in, in nearly two years. So momentous, historic, choose any hyperbole. It was a fantastic weekend of sunshine, great racing and, and, and really impressive competition, particularly for those who, as I say, have had little to no experience of racing in the past couple of years. But Richard, perhaps I turn to you first as, as self-described elder statesman on this call, somebody who's seen enough national schools regattas now to, to know what they feel like, know what they look like. How much of the racing did you get to tune into? You know, what were your overall thoughts coming off the back of it? And, and how good was it to see people back out racing again? It, it was, I mean, the first thing that I think anybody would say was it, it was, it was like walking through the door into a sweet shop for the first time. You know, it was so good to get back to a regatta. Um, to see boats racing, it, you know, it, it's what we all do. It's what we all want to do. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, all credit to the organisers at, at the regatta. They were on a hiding to nothing, really, with, with COVID. Some of the restrictions were a bit draconian, but they would have been damned if they did. They would have been damned if they didn't. So, you know, hats off to them. They, they did a cracking job. Um, racing was, was, I was quite surprised the standard, actually. I, I did wonder if there might be, um, you know, effectively, the, the youngsters haven't raced for 18 months, two years. Um, but I, yeah, I thought the standard was, was very good. Um, and, you know, the, the eagerness of, of everybody to, to get going again was, uh, was apparent. So, you know, I thought hats off to everybody involved, you know, the umpires, um, organisers, volunteers, athletes, coaches. It was great. Yeah, I'd chime in with that and say, completely agreed that the atmosphere at the at the event was was you could feel it, it was sort of electric despite the, the, the sort of relatively few people on site and joe obviously you've been involved with king's college wimbledon over the last year or so and right in the thick of getting these boys and girls prepared for racing how did it feel when the first boat hit the water on saturday morning i'd like to say it was really exciting but i think it was just sheer relief from everyone that we actually got there and and everyone was slightly out of practice with regattas um, and certainly trying to kind of corral lots of boats and children and blades and make sure everything was there. There was an element of just relief because people were slightly out of practice. Um, and that wasn't just the athletes, that was coaches, umpires, there was everything that was just, I think people were wanting to make sure that it went really well. But I would completely concur with Richard. It was so, the atmosphere was buzzing. Everyone was so pleased to be there. Um, all the athletes just enjoyed it. Um, I didn't see anyone looking, you know, completely gutted if they didn't get through to an A final. They were just wanting to race. It didn't really matter how, when, what boat class that they were in. They just wanted to race. And I think it was a very different atmosphere this year because we didn't have the J14s, very sadly, at, at the regatta. So I think it did change the dynamic slightly. Um, certainly on the pontoons, there was it was slightly calmer. Um, but I think for, for everyone involved, um, it was just nice to, to give the boys and the girls the opportunity to be there because it's been a really hard year. I don't think they're on... I think it's a testament to the young people we work with 
that you can give them an erg at home for essentially a year and they keep training um so i think it it was a testament to them and their hard work over the last 18 months and it was a joy to be part of and sam coming in from a, a slightly higher perspective as someone who's obviously rowing currently on the the gb men's senior squad you yourself have raced several times at the national schools regatta give me perhaps a flavor in, in this in sort of as concise a manner as you can of what it feels like to, to sort of step onto that water and, and compete against your contemporaries at the national schools well i think nat schools is like for for kind of any junior it's like one of the two premier events of the year like if you're lucky enough to be in those older age groups and of that standard you can race henley at the end of the year but for, for kind of um for everyone it's 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 the only it's probably the only real like opportunity to become a national champion as a junior um by willing winning those events and so for for us at school it was obviously like a really big focus of the year um and it was yeah you've got like well i guess like wallingford regatta marlow regatta around that to kind of like test your speed and stuff like that and then eventually it comes to nat schools and then whatever the order is generally um and and you, you kind of finally get this chance to 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 kind of have it have a really good go at this really big event which is yeah as i said like it, it's the only real chance to call yourself a national champion if you, if you win the event um and that was really awesome i think i i have like distinct memories of when i was like a j14 just sort of starting to learn to row and our coach um nick wild um was saying um I think he, he kind of brought us all together as a squad, like after maybe a few weeks. And I was like, look, guys, like, we're not here to like, we're, we're here to have fun and stuff, but we're, we're here to like win a national championship. Like you have a chance to win a national championship. And hearing that as just kind of a bunch of like 14 year old, 13 year old kids and like, wait a minute, what? Like, <laughs> that seems completely ridiculous. Um, and then like, as you start to, you, you learn to row and you realize, oh, there is actually this opportunity. Like every, probably most people at the club are going to get to compete on a national level and, and have this opportunity. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge, hugely important regatta for the, for the season and, and always was, um, yeah, probably, yeah, certainly for the first few years, definitely the highlight and then um, playing second fiddle only to Henley Regatta. But then you've still got the opportunity where it's like, well, everyone enters this event. So you're getting a test against everyone at, at Nat Schools. Um, yeah. Tom, just can I just pick up on something that Sam said, which is because like, because we haven't got any lead up events, it felt, I don't know whether Richard will agree, no one really knew who was fast and who wasn't. So everyone just went out there and there was no kind of like, well, we know we're going to come fourth because for the last three events and at, you know, school's head, we were fourth. Everyone just went out and gave it their best because it was a bit of a blind kind of regatta. 100%. And maybe picking up on that, Joe, in a lot more detail, let, let's move towards some of the events that happened. So Championship Boys 8 is commonly referred to on the boys' side as, as the Blue Ribbon event. And maybe, Richard, we can touch on, on the shifting of the guard in that respect later. But from your perspective, Joe, KCS silver medal, I mean, that was a phenomenal result and, and pretty unexpected given the fact that KCS aren't typically at the sharp end of that event. No, they're not. It's the first time Kings have medalled at all at national schools. Um, so we would, the, previously our best result was fifth. Um, so I think, I think to some extent we've got a very inexperienced crew. So the fact that they had no idea of the speed of the other crews almost helped us because it was just a case of get on the water and just 
have fun and give it your best shot and see what can happen. Um, we had the second eight make the A final for the first time in the morning. So there was a bit of momentum within the club, which was really useful, I think, for 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 everyone involved, coaches and, and athletes. Um, the girls were did a, a, one of their best um, rows as well in their time trial. So we had some momentum going into the, the Champ 8 final. And Patrick Duggan, our head coach, just said to them, go and enjoy it. Um, you know, you've trained really hard and they really have. I mean, I thought normal rowers were kind of slightly nutty to do the training that they do. But when you're doing it by yourself as a, you know, and you're sitting there on Teams calls saying to people, can you just check that there's someone in the house before you attempt this world record, you know, rather than like as your parent walk in and you're laying on the floor and they're thinking you've, you know, had an anaphylactic shock or something. So it was, they were so excited. Um, it was an incredibly young crew. There was only three J18s um, and only one of those was in the eight last year. So it was a really young crew. Um, you know, the stamp pair were both J17s. Um, it was, it's very exciting to be part of, but hopefully it's a momentum that we're going to be building upon. Two of them are doing trials. Um, so yeah, I think they were just shocked a little as well when they got off the water. That was a bit kind of like, what did that just happen? Um, so I think it's still sinking in for them. It's amazing that uh, <clears throat> that the event can throw up surprises like that. I think people knew KCS were coming in quite hot, but perhaps silver medal even that seemed pretty unexpected. But maybe Richard, throwing to you on the on the on the winning side for both boys and girls age. You know, Lady Elena Hollies won the girls, and Eton College won the boys. I think before the event, we looked at that and thought the bigger schools with the bigger infrastructure, the, the more substantial resource behind them, were in a better position coming into the event. Do you think that, that played out as truth? Yeah, <clears throat> well, yes. I mean, the um, I, I think if you're looking at it from the outside, which as a, a sort of more a club-based um, operator than a, than a school one, um, there's no real surprises in the, uh, in the two gold medalists for, across both events. Um, I think what is great to see is, uh, as we've just been referring to, it's great to see a school like King's come through. And I guess if there was going to be a year when you, you, you know, you wanted to take everybody by surprise, this was probably probably that year to do it because, as you know, as been as been alluded to, nobody really knew who was doing what. And um, I think Joanne mentioned, you know, nobody knew who was going to come fourth. Nobody you know, who is going to come second and, and what have you. And you, you can, in previous years, you can almost guarantee who will be the top six. You know, you can have a, a, a very good stab at it and, uh, and what have you, it's certainly the boys. But this year was the year for, you know, St Paul's, who would have thought that they'd have got the bronze medal? Um, um, you know, and you look at the, the finalists there, it, it, it's the it's the usual sort of cohort with a, with a couple of differences in there. Uh, but the lady, the girl side, uh, the usual runners and riders as well. Um, not much depth there, I have to say. It, you know, looking at it from a club point of view, three or four of them, okay. The, the quality pretty much falls off a cliff after that. Um, mm. You know, I, I think we might be talking later about the quads. You know, I, I think the, the quality in the quads was was far higher in the girls than the than the sweep. And the depth of competition as well. Um, just a bit of a niggle, really, on my. And something I think was a bit strange with the event was that the championship eights for the boys were eight lanes, 
given that there was such a, um, a sparsity of racing going on, why couldn't that have been with all the championship finals? Um, the quads were six lanes. I don't, I don't understand why. Um, and I, I am a, I have umpired at national schools. You know, I know what happens within the race planning and things. But I don't understand why some events are eight lane and some events are six lane. Certainly, when you've got um, big events like the, the girls' quads, the girls' doubles um, were six lane and not eight. I would have thought it would have been relatively easy to, to let them all be eight lane and, and let more crews have the experience of racing in an A final. Yeah. Sorry, that's yeah, a bit of a rant, but there we go. No, no, no. De <laughs> definitely worth flagging. And it was an interesting nuance that I noticed in the lead up to the event that the champ age boys and girls were given particularly on the boys' side, more lanes than, than perhaps others. It was, as you say, quite a brutal drop-off between those who qualified for the time trial and those who didn't. But I think the, the only other thing I wanted to flag for the eights was Hinksey. I thought they looked really strong in the time trial, which I commentated on, and then to smash the B-form the way they did, they came out of nowhere. I think I expect to see them feature quite as mild as they did, so kudos to them. But like you said, Richard, let's... Let's shift towards what many people thought was the more interesting racing of the weekend on the quad side. Let's start with the girls, because the girls raced Shiplake and Marlow with Eddington sort of shortly behind. Probably, most people are saying the race of the regatta. I don't know who did. Maybe let's let up to you, because you brought it up first. I mean, that was a phenomenal A final, wasn't it? The girls' quad. Yeah, I, I actually watched it um, on, on video. I wasn't actually at the regatta on Saturday, so I actually... Uh, watched it on on the screen and I I thought it was a, an amazing race. Um, Wallingford did the fly and die. Um, they obviously through their um, you know that they they saw that they had the one chance to try and get a medal and that was to get their noses out and they they, they had a go. Credit to them. It's a it's a it's a brave brave thing to do. Um, and they must have been absolutely gutted that uh, they didn't uh, they didn't get there. But um, Shiplake's a bit of an unusual one to see in there. Uh, I wouldn't have expected Shiplake to be in, in the quad, um, but they've obviously got some quality athletes. Um, they did they did very well. Marlow as ever. Um, they're always there or thereabouts. Um, Headington as well, another sort of stalwart of the girls' event. Um, and it's a, it, the girls' event is an, an event that we know well. It's the one that the clubs go into. And uh, in the past, we've, we, you know, we've got a good record in there. Um, I have to say, we're still the record holders as well. So I just thought I'd drop that one in. Um, but the, I think the, uh, an interesting one was Henley, actually. I, I was quite surprised that, you know, you would have normally have put those, them at the other, other end of the, uh, the final. I was, I, was, I was quite surprised. But um, again, we don't know what's been going on there and um, how badly they've been affected by uh, COVID and things. Uh, I think the difference to... It'd be interesting to know... I guess in about a year's time, what the differences between the clubs and the the schools through the COVID period has been, and how much training has been um, has gone on, uh, you know, on different sides of the of the fence, as it were. Um, because certainly in the club situation, it, it it absolutely destroyed any training that was going on, um, and the schools are in a slightly different situation. Some of them, you know, they could carry on to a certain extent, um, but but hey. You race what you've got, but I, I thought absolutely. absolutely cracking race, very very good race. Um, the boys race as well, you know, absolute top quality. Um, nice to see Tideway Scullers come through. It's always uh, it's always good to see them. They always turn out some some good crews. Uh, and Windsor boys as well, who are kind of 
almost own that this event in in a way. You know, they're they're always there or thereabouts. Um, and Leander plugging away as well. So yeah, that was that was uh, it was another good good race. Plenty of entries in both. I think the entries speak a lot. You know, I I think um, yeah, I I would be looking at those being the blue ribbon events. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Sam, maybe we throw to you now as as the event that you rode in. I remember competing against you. You were quite a long way ahead of me, but we did compete each other as juniors in the championship. And, and obviously at Westminster, they were always there or thereabouts when you were in the crew. Like Richard said, Tideway Scullers with, with Gabby Obholter on board, you know, junior world record holder, that's quite a unit. But the Windsor Boys School, perhaps their nose slightly out of joint, having not sort of won the title, they'll be pushing on for Henley, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. I think um, a, a, a loss at that school is really lights a fire underneath you um, towards, uh, towards, towards Henley. I remember um, we... Yeah, we've won, we we uh, won the champ quads event at um, in two thousand and fourteen, and then uh, the uh, the crew that we beat into um, second place. One of the guys in that crew who I ended up rowing with at Junior Worlds in the summer, he kept his silver medal in his bag, um, in his training bag, and saw that every day, and then ended up beating us at Henley by quite a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it really can. Um, can yeah give you that that turnaround between Nat schools and and Henley and I think another thing is like just depends on uh yeah clubs uh, versus schools versus how different schools operate um in that period where um kind of exams can be happening and and that kind of thing and it it really depends on the makeup of your crew and that can really affect how how the training's going in yeah between Nat schools and Henley and that can really lead to some like yeah, some crews really building up well or, or, or even falling off um, in, in that period of time. But yeah, no, I was, I was, I was really impressed with the quads racing all round. Um, as Richard was saying, like the, the women's quads is an absolutely amazing race, nip and tuck all the way down, Wallingford really taking it on well in that first sort of 1,100 metres of the race and then not quite being able to hold on to it, but, but still not completely falling off the pace, like still holding on well, which was really impressive to see. Um, and yeah, the boys' quad was great with Scullers just leading it out, um, kind of all the way down the track, and then just holding on, um, yeah, holding off that last-minute charge from Windsor Boys' School. And I think Windsor Boys won the time trial, so it's really it's interesting to kind of see how like yeah the crews can like develop through the day. Maybe t Scullers managed to learn a bit more from their time trial and put that down in the um, in the final a bit better. Uh, yeah, and, and and as you're saying, I uh, yeah, Gabe Obholzer um, in the two seat of that. Uh, scholars crew kind of towering over everyone else uh it's really great to see he's a he's a really good lad and someone i've yeah talked to a lot um because yeah because scholars is my like home club here um so yeah no um yeah i was really really happy to see them and and yeah it's, it's really cool to see uh just really competitive um sculling at the junior level i think it always has that level of competition because if you're a big if you're a big school you're always going to be able to field an eight but smaller club maybe you can only field a quad um and then and 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 um and i mean yeah when we were at school if we only had maybe five people in our top year there wasn't really much point in putting out an eight if we if we weren't going to be able to fill the seats and and as Joanna was saying we weren't going to be able to like have that kind of competitiveness that you need um so yeah no it was, it was really um uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's, yeah, th that, that, those quads events really can be, yeah, very competitive. Absolutely. And I think, Johanna, just turning to you then, as, as we wrap up the quads aspect of it, eight of the 12 finalists, as I count the numbers in front of me, were from clubs. 
whereas on the D8 side, pretty much dominated all by the school. So that chimes in with what Sam was saying, that at the quad level, where there is less depth required to produce a really competitive boat, clubs tend to thrive. And it's great to see even post-COVID, that narrative will ring through. Yeah, I think the schools have had a different set of restrictions on them um, through through the COVID times. I think trying to get kids back to mingling with each other at schools, they kind of grabbed the opportunity to be able to be part of a, a club. Um, so, for example, we had quite a few people that had come back that we hadn't seen rowing since they were like J14s because suddenly they were just going, oh, this is, I'm allowed to do this and spend time with people. Um, particularly through the November, the second lockdown, we had an awful lot of people kind of coming back into the sport, which was really exciting. Um, but I think it gave the schools a bit more of an opportunity to develop those slightly larger squads. Um, just on, in terms of the quads, just I am wanted to kind of point out that Dan Staffari, the head coach at Shiplake, is, is new there. Um, and I think that is a, a huge result for him. Like first national schools regatta in a year where it's been training's been disrupted an awful lot. Um, and having come from, he came from Kings last year, he was running the J16 programme, to go from producing successful sweeping boats to successful sculling boats, I think not only shows that the, the whole sport in the junior kind of level is increasing in numbers of athletes and their experience and their skill level, but also the calibre and the pedigree of coaches that we're having develop and the skill sets that are in the junior world, I think is is increasing exponentially and, and is only going to benefit the sport as a whole. Absolutely. And I think at this stage, then, we sort of covered that the, the maybe the two Blue Ribbon events on the on the sort of sweep and sculling side. I'd love to hear from you all as to any particular standout performances that you saw across the board, any group you'd like to call out, and that could be, that could be in different events. For me, I think it was Durbin in the junior 16 girls. I mean, they really on, I think, pre-race, LEH and Asra were favourites and then Surbiton ended up winning the A final by 15 seconds, which is just an incredible margin of, of victory in a in a competitive final, which had had a, a pretty good level of time trial competition as well. So for me, Surbiton, but maybe Richard, I'll turn to you and say, you know, what, what, what really stole your eye over the weekend? Which performance, which crew stood out as a clear sort of, you know, clear, clear strong performance? Um, I, I think outside of the... Um... The, the, the four events we've mentioned, the uh, Peterborough women's junior double, um, who romped away with that event. Uh, that was uh, another big event. There was 30, uh, 29 crews, 30 crews in it. Um, and they said, I think they won by clear water. I think there's sort of a five second margin. I, I uh, haven't got the numbers in front of me, but they, they, were, they were good. They were very good. Um, I was really impressed with the uh, Champ Girls single, actually. I thought, um, so Laura Burton from Cambridge 99 did a really, uh, like, very mature race coming through, kind of, um, I guess, from, like, 1K through to 1,200 gone, which is just, like, really, really, like, just kind of sat there, sat there, sat there, came through, came through, had a really, really powerful third 500, which is really, really, like, really cool to see at the junior level because that can be, I think, like, if you look at times of like junior international crews they're two three seconds off senior international crews to the k and then it's like and then it's anyone's guess as to what will happen um so seeing that kind of like maturity in racing um at the junior level is really really cool to see and, and she like walked away with that race which was in that second half which is which was really awesome to see so i'd say that yeah apart from yeah the, the women's quads which was probably 
like my race of the day um i think i was yeah really impressed with that um with that women's single performance and joe um, I was going to talk about Laura Burton as well, because uh, I was in the commentary tower when she was doing her final and it was such a mature performance um, from someone. That, and I think often it's really easy for us to sit there and when you've experienced senior um, rowing, either at a club level or or else at university or, or in the squad, I think you forget that they are 17 year olds. Um, they might be. 18 year olds, but they are still very young and um, that actually they often haven't got that much experience of, of maintaining composure when they're they're having a big push put on by the crew next to them. So I think her performance particularly stood out for me and slightly more generally, I think um, yesterday, the J16 racing, I was really impressed by the quality of the the rowing from from some of the clubs, um, particularly some of the, the women's squads, I think. Um, there has been a tendency to see the women's squads as kind of um, slightly smaller scale and slightly less competitive over the years. And I think what's really good to see is that, you know, some schools are fielding two J16 girls eights. Um, and, and I think that is really showing that not only is Nat schools becoming the thing that everyone wants to be a part of, but also just the, the sport itself is becoming much more accessible. And that can only be a good thing. No, I think I think just jumping back in on that. Sorry, the um, I think like it's been really like just because of the the COVID lockdown and all that kind of stuff. Like missing out a year of of racing as a junior is is huge. Like the 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 steps that everyone makes from that kind of J fourteen J fifteen level up to that championship level is is huge. And and yeah, maybe in that singles race, like I I don't know, like having like to be able to yeah put together a really mature race like that and 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 not to have had i don't know a year of racing because let's be honest like j16 racing is pretty much like a lot of a lot of the time it's kind of anything can happen and yeah the fastest crew will win most of the time but it's like it can be some really interesting things happening um but then like moving up to that j18 you're starting to get closer to like i don't know yeah senior level racing or under 23 level racing and and to not have that development, not be able to make those mistakes in races um, before getting onto the big stage, uh, can can be really I don't know like that's a that's something that certainly for me as an athlete I, I think it's really important to have those uh, those experiences where you can screw up or learn something and and for crews not to have had that um, and and still to be able to put together really impressive performances is is really awesome. And Richard, to give you perhaps the last word then before we before we clock off, Joe mentioned something interesting about accessibility to the sport of rowing. And I know that that's a big agenda point for you at Warrington. How does the national schools amplify accessibility and, and how how can we as a sport move forward and continue to engage young people from different backgrounds in our sport? <laughs> this is a whole new interview. Um, this is a, is, a, is a subject we should, should have as a, as a fresh debate. Um, <clears throat> we've got to diversify. We've got to increase the, the base of the pyramid. Um, it's you know you look at the um, the competitors at the NAT schools this year. Uh, okay, this year is a bit of a freak year, but I don't know what percentage it would be from the southeast corner. Um, you know we've got to get away from. We've, we've got to try and move the sport out um, and get it to, to more diversified bases. There's a lot of rowing clubs out there that sit empty in the daytime, don't do anything. There's a lot of rowing clubs out there that um, 
need you know a bigger input for junior um, junior sections. There are big big problems in the way, but they're not insurmountable. They are um, problems that can be overcome. Um, we just need to be a little bit more adventurous, uh, a little bit braver, uh, and go out there and you know uh, rock the boat. Um, and think, things will happen. And I, I was thinking as we were talking earlier, uh, listening to, to Joanne, uh, Joanne and Sam, it'd be nice to see in 10 years time, maybe at national schools that there are, you know, school, you know, competitors there from parts of the country we've never heard of before. Um, and from schools that we've never heard, heard of before. Um, you know, there's, there's, we're never, as a sport, we're never going to get away from the, the, the cluster of the southeast, you know, it's a it's a, a natural home for for the sport, but um, you know they've got a lot of facilities there and a lot of good water and things, um, but we do need to broaden the uh, the base of the pyramid um, and make it more diverse as well. It's not just for um, you know it's a sport for everybody. It, it, sport for all used to be a, a big mantra when I was uh, younger. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, look, that, that's that's all from us. I think I, I thank you all three of you for, for appearing on it. It was fantastic to see the sun shining for a kickoff and some juniors getting back out there and racing competitively with each other. And, and long may it continue, I think, hopefully return to normality of some description, but, but irreversibly, as Boris keeps telling us. So I think from, from us here at British Growing in association with Junior Rowing News, uh, this has been a debrief and, and thanks all for, for watching and appearing.